all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Welcome, everyone, to Body of Christ Real Talk. This is your host, Joseph Brownlee. Welcome to another day, another show. We need to thank God for letting us see another day, waking us up in the morning, giving us breath to see another day. The saved, thanking God for another day to do his will. The unsaved should thank God another day for them to see to go to work and also have the opportunity to see his will. So in all things, let everything have breath. Praise the Lord. Thank you, everyone. Thank you to Body of Christ Real Talk. Conditioning. Transitions. Conditions. The church. What is the real church? What is the a real Christian? There's many several ways people of today around the world look at Christianity or Christendom. They define Christianity basically more than anything on traditional man-made Christian values. The majority of the people of the world define Christianity on churchism, denominations, and individuals. Here in America, there's a, a tradition of traditions. There's a big tradition of traditions when it comes to the church here in the U.S. of America. When it comes to Christianity, and I'm just going to specifically focus on Christendom. Believers, the body of Christ. When it comes to Christianity, there's many, there's several ways that the unsaved see Christianity. Many, several ways, if that make any sense. It's just, I'm just using it interchangeably. There's several ways that men and women look at Christianity today. That's the un that's the world, the unsaved. On the other hand, the saved 
also without consciously really knowing because they think they're doing the right thing and believe in the right doctrines, look at being a Christian in many and several ways also. Because what they have seen through individuals, what they have seen in churches, uh, what they have seen through the mainstream media or different medias or what they have seen and whatever. The old Bible... Uh, the uh the teachers like the Billy Grahams and uh you know the other outreach teachers and stuff like that or their pastors in their own church there has been a picture of Christianity painted in most believers heads okay we all have been through that uh Either way it go, when it, it, what it comes down to is most of our beliefs is based on the traditional belief of a church or a Christendom. That's just a fact. Most of the U.S. of A. people, most of the people around the world, period, as well. But let me just focus on America for now view Christianity the saved, the lost, and the saved, v view Christianity out of a window of what society teaches, including their own church, what it is to be a Christian. The majority, and this might surprise a lot of people, I'm not saying all, but the majority of us as a whole that call ourselves Christians as believers, our faith, we, what we believe the majority of the time is not based on what we read in the Bible ourselves. Okay, I know that sounds kind of funny. Maybe I'm not saying it right. What we define as being a believer, as being a Christian, determines let me say it this way, what church building or what denomination we belong to, not specifically out the Bible ourselves, but it's based on what our uh, pastors and teachers taught us what was true about the Bible. You, you understand what I'm saying? The majority of the world, sadly, majority of the world. OK. All right. I talked about traditions uh, and conditioning in a worldly view before, you know, the few last podcasts. If you just tune in, in please go back to my last few podcasts when I'm talking about uh, conditions and traditions of worldly. I got into different aspects of thought patterns, you know, lifestyles, you know, and stuff like that. Then I got to the point I was talking about diets and different things like that, which I'm going to get a little bit on that too as well. But basically, I'm leaning more towards now traditions and how people are conditioned, the saved and the lost, when it comes to Christendom, when it comes to Christianity. I talked about how many of us use the term Christian loosely, you know, not knowing the definition of what Christian means or not knowing the history or the beginning of the term. 
of Christianity. M most people use Christian loosely. The saved and the lost. Most of us use that term Christian loosely. The majority of us that uses that term loosely don't really know the beginning of Christianity or what is the definition of Christianity. Even some people that's in the body of Christ still confused about the definition or the real meaning of being a Christian. And these are just facts. Yeah, these are just facts. Uh, you know, you can go around and have a panel around the world and ask people, are they a Christian or do they know what Christian means? The saved and the unsaved, and you will get several, most of the time, different answers. And that's just true. You can do that today. You can go to your job and do that and ask people, what is a Christian? You will have a lot of people saying uh, the same thing, but uh, uh, you will get a big plethora of different responses on their definition of what being a Christian is. And a lot of times, the majority of it is going to be doing good, doing good works, doing right and stuff like that. The majority of them. The majority of the answers is basically, sadly to say, it's not going to be the Bible's definition of being a believer. Notice I switched it back to a believer or even being why was a Christian used. So they, you will give several different answers when you ask people what is a Christian. Not are you a Christian? If you We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions. And it's because that occasional shave really hurts the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Can't answer if you are Christian anyway. That tells me you're not a Christian. So, you know, just what is a Christian? See, now that's the easy part. It would be if I went around and say, are you part of the body of Christ? The majority of people probably would have no idea what I'm talking about. Again, the lost and the saved. Now, the most of the saved will, and they should. <clears throat> So I'm going to get them some points on that. Most of the uh, the uh, church, the body of Christ, should. I'm not going to say they do, but they should. And if they don't, they heard the term body of Christ, you know. But the they're, they're, majority of the time, they're stuck on it. The, they know or they think they know the term Christian, what's what, what it means to be a Christian. But when it comes to the lost, the majority of the lost have no idea or they never even heard of the term the body of Christ. See, let alone a new creature. Terms that the church do not use much. It depends on what denomination you in too as well. They use it interchangeably with Christians sometimes, some churches. I'm not saying they don't use it at all, but a lot of believers use it interchangeably, which is not, not bad, nothing wrong, but I'm just saying, you know, in reality, a lot of believers that heard the term body of Christ use it interchangeably. And many people know what the body of Christ means. Many churches know what the body of Christ means. I don't think there's not many uh, lost people uh, 
know what the body of Christ means, even though if they heard the term, they don't understand it spiritually because there's nothing to connect them to that meaning spiritually. They can't comprehend it. If a believer have a hard time connecting and comprehending, what makes you think an unbeliever that's the spirit is still dead is going to have any uh, understanding what it is to be the body of Christ? Because they look at things worldly. See, you understand what I'm saying? Uh, oh, you follow what I'm saying. What I am saying. <clears throat> so. Even in Christianity, like the last shows I was talking about, traditions that brings conditions, we have the same issue when it comes to Christendom. Traditional beliefs is in the church, even sometimes more prevalent than worldly lifestyles. See, you have different groups, denominations that has a tradition in their church. All denominations has a belief pattern and a traditional way that they believe what was true about the Bible. That's in any denominational church. Then you go to the somewhat uh, church that's I call these churches more closer to the occult or sects that call themselves a church. And what I'm, and I'm not saying it's to hurt individual feelings. I'm just knocking the system, the belief system, not the people that go to these churches. I'm not knocking the people, and I'm not putting them down. I'm, I'm talking about the uh, organization that started these organizations. Now, what organizations I'm talking about? I'm talking about Jehovah Witness, uh, Jehovah Witness, Mormons, Masons. You know, when you look, even uh, the, uh, there's other ones out there. Universalists. There's many out there. I just, I just don't, can't think of the ones right off the uh, tip of my, right off my head right now. But I will put them even outside denominations. When I mean denominations, I'm talking about the denominational churches. That well, I guess I can't put them in denominations, but they are more in the Catholic Church. In the Catholic Church, how can I leave out the Catholics? They should be number one. Their organization belief, even now, is more occultic. It's more of a sect. I wouldn't even put Christendom on those churches, but they call themselves Christians as well. Catholic Church, Jehovah Witness, the Mormon Church, Masonry. And I know it's others out there, you know, that use the term Christian, but they are not Christian uh, churches. They are not part of the body of Christ, sadly to say. I pray that a lot of them uh, wake up and get out of those uh, organizations, but they're not part of the body of Christ. And I have no shame of saying that they're not. I'm not saying that they're nice people. I've met some of the nicest Mormons and Jehovah Witness and Masons. You know, I've met some of the nicest people and everything. And all of them, well, of course, will disagree with me. You know, that's, that's just part, part of part of religion. 
all religions just don't agree and all uh, faiths just do not agree. Even if they call themselves Christians, we're just not going to agree. <clears throat> okay. And I'm sure they will say certain things about certain denominations as well. But, you know, a mature person should know how to do it in love without calling names or whatever like that. Like some of them cannot. You know, I, I minister back and forth, light debates with a Mormon, you know, light debates with Jehovah Witness and uh, oneness beliefs. You have a lot of oneness beliefs and stuff like that, you know, that believe, you know, Jesus is God, Jesus is the Father, and Jesus is the Son. You know, it's kind of monotheism. You know, one is beliefs. You, you, they also consider themselves Christians. See, but who knows? God knows, and God only ordains and empowers the ones that's teaching His sound doctrine, not man-made traditions. Do I need to say that again? God's power and movement. Now, I'm not talking about miraculous signs and wonders like he done in past with Israel. I'm talking about his guidance and his movement is only through churches that's teaching his sound doctrine for today. And what is his sound doctrine for today? The teachings, the 13 letters of the Apostle Paul. If these churches are not or any denomination is not embedded in that as the Christian walk today, the Holy Spirit is not moving in those churches. The flesh is moving, emotions are moving, but the Holy Spirit is not moving through those churches because it's not lined up with his word. He don't follow church denominations or Christendom or man-made traditions. You must follow him in order if you want him in your church. See, that's why a lot of people well-meaning in church when they follow leaders, when they follow certain leaders, and I was one of them too you know, follow certain leaders, put a lot of stock in certain leaders. <clears throat> they base a lot of their belief on what that leader said was true and uh, is saying was true about the Bible. Most of the majority of the church, they have a traditional following on what their pastor teaches or says what is the word of God. It's, it's, it's very easy to see that when you talk to different people from different churches. They can show you a lot of scriptures. They know a lot of verses, but basically those verses come, they was, in, they was coerced to know those verses because their pastor told them, this is what this means, this is, what, this is for you, and this is what God is saying. Are those verses, verses true and real? Yes, they're true and real. But most of the time, they're going to be out of context, even when they cross-reference, with a cross-reference Bible. A cross-reference Bible is a lot of times out of context. But we was traditionally taught that get the best Bible with the best cross-reference.
We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com holiday. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. With the best dictionary, the best maps, and the best concordance. That's what we was taught. Now, that's good to do that. Traditionally, if you're not rightly dividing, those fall very good. Bibles were built in commentaries, concordance, uh, good cross-references. That's why they got different Bibles, chain Bibles, and stuff like that. You know, those Bibles, a lot of people feel that they have the right Bible, whether it's the King James or any type of version, even a Schofield. You can't put a lot of stock in the Schofield Bible, which is one of the uh, most Bibles I would trust over any international Bible. It's the Schofield King James Version Bible. I would trust that over any international Bible, you know, other, uh, inter- I'm saying other uh, English translated Bible, I mean, you know. When I keep saying international, I'm thinking about the NIV, the New International Version, et cetera, stuff like that. But what I mean is whatever English translation you have, I will put the King James Schofield over many study Bibles. And Schofield today is still one of the best study Bibles, I believe, uh, to me. I have uh, one myself. I don't read it much because the font, the print is just too small. I don't know if they got it in giant print. But this font is too small, but you can still get a lot of stuff in the Schofield Bible because even though Schofield was an Acts 2 uh, believer, he believed the church started in Acts 2, like many of the uh, dispensational believers back then. He understood that there was a difference in programs between the Jews and the Gentiles to an extent. And I believe if he was here today, he will he'll be in the mid-Acts uh, belief. I just believe, I don't have no proof, but I believe so, because he the one, he's, he's considered one of the fathers of dispensationalism, like a lot of traditional churches have fathers in capitalism, Baptists, and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I will, I will believe he will be in the mid-term Acts uh, category if he was still alive today. Him and uh, Darby and uh, Clarence Larkin and a lot of them like that. You know, it's, it's quite a bit of uh, people that believe in uh, dispensationalism. They have enough rightly divided knowledge in them to know which church is what. The only thing they might be confused in was when did the church start the body of Christ? So they still mix the body of Christ with the kingdom program. And because they believe in the Acts, the birth of the church was in Acts 2. Like predominantly, most denominations believe the, the church started in Acts 2. They don't understand it, you know, that it, it's just a continuation of the kingdom program. 
It's just a continuation. It's not a start of a new church. It's just a continuation of the kingdom program, which means what happened is when the day of Pentecost came down, the Holy Spirit empowered them to continue their teaching to go out to the world of the kingdom program. So it wasn't nothing new. It was the same kingdom church. The church, uh, the, uh, the body of Christ started under the ministry of Paul between Acts 9 going through 9, Acts 13 and stuff like that, you know, uh, progressively. You know what I'm saying? But many churches have been taught traditionally that Acts 2 is the start of the church, which is not. It's just a, a continuation of the kingdom church. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and all the continuation, they just had more power with the infilling of the Holy Spirit so they can be able to go out and continue their Messianic church going into the New Testament, their new covenant. See, many of you know that, and many of you never even heard of that. So that's, that's what's going on. But a lot of that started traditionally. You understand what I'm saying? I was there too. I didn't know too much about the Acts 2 thing growing up, you know, growing up spiritually in church, but I was, my belief and my traditional belief that turned into a condition, I was conditional, conditionally believing uh, that the church was the kingdom and the body of Christ, but they're just used interchangeably. I believe that too. I knew that was the body of Christ. I understood later on down the line what the meaning of the body of Christ was, but I thought the kingdom church and the body of Christ and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and all that went together. Just It was just used interchangeably. Why did I believe that? I didn't get that out the Bible. I was traditionally coerced to believe that the church started, the church as in kingdom, and the body of Christ was one church. Now, I'm not saying they've done this on purpose, because the majority of the church are ignorant on that. You know, Satan done an outstanding job on that, and I'm not giving them praise. I'm just talking about he done a master plan on confusing the church and keeping the church away from the true gospel, which is the teachings of Paul. He done a great plan. All these denominations... Even back in the 1500s and all of them, they, they was going the same way. It was a movement of dispensational belief as well, but it started changing. So Satan has been working this confusion for thousands of years, you know, since the last apostles. Let me just put it that way. Since the death of the Apostle Paul, because he's the forefather of the gospel of the grace of God, saved by grace by faith alone. That gospel message itself, believing what Jesus done for salvation is death, burial, resurrection, has been corrupted through years and years and years. By Satan, he manipulated the church. Even the ones that knew it and got saved by believing what Jesus did, their doctrine has been corrupted. Not saying they're not saved, but their doctrine, they have been blinded by that doctrine of Acts 2 and 38. Repent for the remission of sins, be baptized and watered and filled with the Holy Ghost. Today, the majority of the church believe that's the way to get saved. You have other traditional man-made ways like the sinner's prayer and confessing your sin and stuff like that. That's not in the Bible of salvation, but that gives what gives Acts 2 and 38 gospel so much power is that is a gospel. 
that is a way or was a way to be saved. That's what gives that so much power. You can you can point that out in the Bible. You cannot point to sinner's prayer. You got to put things together. But you can't point out when somebody say how to be saved. You can't point out verses like Acts 2 and 38 for salvation. See? You could point out verses like John three sixteen. You could point out verses like Romans nine ten and nine and stuff like that that people believe is the salvation message. You you understand what I'm saying? Because because those verses are used so much in Christendom. Not only yeah in in Christendom it is it is used so much. A believer who Jesus was. Or uh, you know, inviting him in your heart. A lot of it, it's it's biblical verses in the kingdom program used, but it's added. It's been leavened up. You know, when Jesus is talking about the leaven, you know what leaven is. Leaven, you make some bread, and the leaven it's like the old school way. Mom, now used to say, "Self rising flour that make the cake and breads rise." That's what leaven is. Leaven makes things. You put leaven in some doctrine. That means you got a lot of junk in there that makes it rise and puffed up. In politics, they call it pork. Meaning when you want to pass a law and you start adding a lot of junk to it for your means, for your agenda, they call it pork. You start adding a lot of pork, even giving pork a bad name. <laughs> they have to call it pork. They didn't call it beef because beef will be most, mostly looked at as a good term beef and steak or fish that would be known more uh, if you use it in an animal way you know uh, herbivorous or carnivorous type of animal you use it in a way that's good like beef pork and stuff like that or even vegetables not pork but beefs uh, steak chicken and even vegetables but when you use pork pork usually use means a bad thing <laughs> It's like how the uh, Jews used dogs in the Bible. It was never for a good thing. It was something bad. These people was bad. They like dogs. It, it's, they were just uh, wicked, no good, pagans. That's how it pork. That's how leaven, Jesus used leaven in the Bible when he was trying to explain certain doctrines or uh, certain parables to his, uh, it's breaking down what that unknown parable, parable was that many, uh, other followers could not understand, but he tried to, he gave a clear definition of what leaven meant only to his disciples, not to the other followers because they was not seeking him so much. They were seeking what he couldn't do for them. So he talked to them in parables to keep them confused. But he explained the parable clearly to his disciples. You understand what I'm saying? So that's when he explained the level. He even got upset with them because they all the time they've been with him, they still didn't understand them what he was coming from. See? They was hearing more than listening. They was good at hearing like us today, but bad at listening. So a lot of things went over their head, which Jesus said they should have known. So he rebuked them sometimes and told them, you know, you still don't know what I mean when I'm saying this about the leaven, the leaven, the bad teaching. That's what he was talking about, the bad teaching. That's what leaven was always looked at when Jesus, you know, in the Gospels used the term leaven. Okay, so there's a lot of leaven 
and traditional churchism today, Christendom, a lot of leaven and the doctrine today. Okay? Now, so that, that, that'll give you a picture of what you, you'll know what exactly where I'm going when I use the term leaven for now on. If I use it, and I don't use it a lot. I'm talking about false doctrine. Bad doctrine. That's what I mean. If I say it's a lot of leaven in churches, what's a lot of leaven in that verse he just quoted, that means he added something to it. He read into it. He used allegories. He added something to it. He put some leaven in that little verse. He put a lot of leaven. He, he preached a two-hour sermon on one verse. A two-hour sermon on word verse, one verse. Give you an example, like the Joe Joe Osteens and the Andy Stanleys and those type of and the, uh, Rick Warren and those and the, you know those feel good type of churches that might read one little verse and they preach two hours with stories and stuff like that to and empowerment and motivational speaker. But the majority of the time they they doing all this off that one verse consciously or unconsciously. They're using that one verse with two hours without even opening up the Bible. Not one time or just using that one verse. That's leaven. The majority of that sermon was leaven. It wasn't sound doctrine. It was man-made traditional, not traditional, but man-made leaven. Okay? Because those guys are storytellers. They're motivational speakers. They're not Bible teachers. They're motivational speakers. They make they 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 tickle your flesh, make you feel good, lift you up with a lot of leaven, not doctrine. That's why they don't use scriptures a lot. And the ones that do use scriptures a lot also use a lot of leaven as well. But it's hard to see them because they use so many scriptures. So it's and if you are not, you can know those scriptures they're using because you used to been around that type of pastor. And you know your pastor, you just about know him so well, or even heard the ones that got women pastors. You know them so well, you just about know what verses they're going to turn to. See, you know their pitch. You know what verses they're going to turn to. See? Because what? Their traditional way of teaching. It rubbed off on you. Even in some of their so-called discipleship classes and stuff like that, they have the same type of structure. Sunday schools, that's who, churches that got Sunday schools, they have a certain type of teaching structure that has a lot of leaven in it. Many verses, but a lot of leaven. See, or their own type of interpretation. Any time it's your own type of interpretation and you, you're strong on it, traditional type of uh, interpreting the Bible, you have to be careful because some leaven coming from somewhere because you're trying to make the uh, Israel's program also part of your program as well. And it can turn into false teaching if, you, if, you, if you're not careful. False teaching as in false doctrine. You might say, wow, that's a, that's a Cold. Well, what I mean by that, if it's not the gospel of Paul for salvation today, any other gospel, what Paul said in the book of Galatians, let him be accursed. If you are preaching any other gospel, I'm saying this in a layman way, than the gospel that I have told you to teach, let 
you them be accursed. That's the same. It applies even today. If you're not teaching the gospel of what Paul teaches for salvation, Paul said, led by Jesus Christ, let you be accursed. It's wrong. Now, I'm not saying you're going to fall dead and stuff like that. I'm not saying you're going to walk around with a curse on you. But that curse word is a strong word. See, you cross the line. See? Now, Paul rebuked them and said it that strong because at that time they was teaching another gospel. What was another gospel? The gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the circumcision. Which is a gospel. But it was not the gospel for today or in Paul's time. That that program was postponed and many of the Jews knew that. Now, if they didn't knew that, I don't believe Paul would have rebuked them that hard if they knew, if they did not know. But I'm almost positive they knew. They just didn't want to accept Paul's teaching. See, because they were strong or what they believed, they they. Paul said they was creeping in, trying to confuse them and everything uh, because of their freedom. Paul's new freedom they had in their gospel. So these people knew, these leaders knew, these Jews knew. That's why he rebuked them so hard. Not because they didn't know. Paul persecuted the church in ignorance. Jesus knew he was angry. He done it out of ignorance. He thought he was doing the right thing. These Jews knew they was doing wrong. They knew they was teaching false doctrine. See, so Paul rebuked them. Now, what made it also false doctrine is also they just didn't want to accept Paul's gospel. They would not accept that. So they continue to try to tell others about being circumcised and whatever, things like that. You know, you know uh, to Paul's, to the Gentile believers and a lot of Jew believers, they came in, they snuck in that leaven with traditional mosaic gospel, kingdom, gospel, wisdom and knowledge and teaching. So they snuck in some leaven and Paul had to rebuke them because they knew better. That's why he rebuked Peter in Galatians 2.11. When Peter act like a hypocrite, you know, he, he rebuked Peter openly so the others can see, you know, this movement because, you know, even the kingdom program was very strict. You know, think about Ananias and Sapphira in Acts 5 that fell, dropped dead because they lied about their finances and how much they had to hold on. How much did they sell? Which they didn't have to lie and said they sold it all. See, they lied to the Holy Spirit. So, when Paul came down on them, he came down on their traditional belief. They was preaching another gospel, which in terms of you openly knowing you preaching another gospel besides the gospel that Paul was preaching. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. 
There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. You are considered... Uh, it's considered another gospel or a false teacher because you know in it and many uh, believers today when you know it and you want to accept Paul's gospel as the only way to be saved your gospel becomes false it becomes another gospel and God is not moving in your church I don't care how many people you got there how big a denomination you have God is not moving in a church that's not teaching, preaching Paul's sound doctrine today. And it has nothing to do with lifting up Paul. It has to do with lifting up Jesus. This is Jesus' gospel for today. You t- people too stuck on Paul. See? So they, they exclude Paul. And when you exclude Paul and his teaching, you're excluding Jesus. You're persecuting Jesus the same way, the same thing Paul was doing. He was persecuting Jesus and he did not know it. Jesus said, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? When you persecute me, it's just like you're kicking against the prick or you're kicking against the goals. See, you're hurting yourself. You're persecuting your own Messiah, your own king. When you persecute the church, Jesus said, which was the kingdom church then, you're persecuting me. See? And Paul done it out of ignorance. So many uh, body of Christ believers today are doing a lot. They're persecuting uh, other denominations or the dispensational rightly divided uh, believers because we teach a lot about the gospel of salvation for Paul today. So therefore, when you persecute us or you persecute uh, Paul, you're persecuting Jesus, just like Paul done out of ignorance. Now, it's different when you're persecuting him on purpose. You just don't think Paul should be in the Bible like I heard some believers or so-called believers believe that Paul should not be in the Bible. You are a curse then. You're like in that reprobate. God cannot use you. Not saying you're not saved, but he cannot use you. And also this, if you persecuting Paul that hard, how did you get saved? If you didn't get saved by Paul's gospel or his or the format of Paul's gospel, you're not saved. How did you get saved then? How did you persecute Paul, Paul's gospel? And that's the gospel of salvation that Jesus Talk through Paul. How 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 are you saved then? You just like the world then. You're not saved. That's hurt. I know you, I know it hurts, but it's just the truth. It's just the truth. If you're persecuting Paul and saying Paul's teachings is a lie and you don't accept Paul's teaching, you're not saved. Because Paul's gospel and sound doctrine is for the church today. So you're not saved. And you probably think you're saved because you believe you got saved through the kingdom on Acts 238 program. But you're not saved. 
and most of you heard uh, Paul's gospel message and still were not accepted. Therefore, you're not saved because you heard it and you refuse to believe it. I don't care if you've been in the church 10, 20, 30, 40 years. If you refuse to believe Paul's gospel and you're trying to hang on to the kingdom gospel or the confession of your confessing Christ in your heart or whatever gospel, John 3, 16, and they just and someone tried to tell you what the gospel is and you still, you know, do not accept it or believe it. You are not saved. You're lost. Ouch. Or uh, whatever way you want to take it. That's just, that's just, it is. But traditions. It's been going on. Whew. Forever. All through the Bible, even up to now. Traditions. You have so many religious people. See? Traditions. The Catholic Church, the organization, the leaders, I'm not talking about the people. They got to deal with their own problems with God individually. All that mess going on in the uh, Catholic Church, sexualist stuff like that. But that's because of the organization. Their traditional rules. It's almost like they coerce a lot of priests to become that way because of the strict man-made rules they put on the church, on their church. See, men that ain't got no business trying to be celibate, but that's part of a certain creed in the Catholic Church, you know, the uh, celibacy with the men and, you know, somewhat the nuns. That's a strong battle when you look at it in a traditional way, you think it's God's way. A lot of times you will fail. You're more religious. First of all, you're not saved. You're not hearing the gospel. You built your 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 belief of going to hear um going to heaven is not only based on Mary, most of you, but it's based on good works of what you do. And the Catholic does a lot for the poor and the homeless and social programs like that. I don't doubt that they do a lot, but that's not gonna get them to heaven. But their traditional uh belief or Catholicisms has taught them that that's the way to heaven, good works. So they believe in you can lose your salvation and stuff like that. You have to do certain penance and stuff like that. You have to confess to their fathers and their church. Not no other church, but their fathers. They are the true in-between mediators between you and God. See? The Catholic Church. If you're in the Catholic Church, do you know the full history of the past popes and the inquisitions and the stuff like that? If you don't, you need to research the history of your church. That's any denominational church. Four-wall church, okay? Four-wall church. You need to do your history on that because there's not a lot of good things about the Catholic church in the past, okay? All right. But tradition. The Catholic church and our members are conditioned. And they are strong on what they believe. They're strong in their faith. See, you ask a uh, many, if you ask a Catholic or one of the so-called priests or fathers, whatever they call them like that, about how to be saved, you probably get a 30-minute to an hour sermon. 
on how to be saved. You'll come up with, they'll come up with all kind of rhetoric on how to be saved. And most of it don't even make no sense. It's all flesh. It's all man-made. It's, it sound, almost sounds like what Paul was uh, trying to protect his little protégés of uh, pagan mysticism. It's, it's mystic. It's flesh. What you need to do. You do this and you can get yourself to heaven by what you do. In a nutshell, that's like the Catholic Church most of the time. I'm not going to sit up here and know their doctrines or whatever like that or their creeds, but it's basically that. It's all flesh. A lot of asceticism, what they call it? Asceticism. Self-sacrifices and different things and, you know, lifting up that thing with smoke coming out all of it. They use certain wafers for bread. And uh, a lot of uh, Catholics believe that when you take the Lord's Supper, you're really drinking the blood of Jesus and eating the flesh of Jesus. You have that type of belief. in it. I'm not saying all Catholicism, but a lot of them, a majority of the Catholicism taught that you literally drinking Jesus' blood and literally eating his flesh. They took that literally when Jesus said that just like a lot of the Jewish leaders, they took it literally and they left him. They, they didn't understand what he was talking about, so they took that literally. They looked at it like it was cannibalism or something like that. <laughs> and they, they didn't want no part of that because of ignorance. They was they hear they was they hear them, but they wasn't listening because they already had a preconceived belief about them anyway. So they weren't going to hear Jesus. Well, that's what Jesus kept saying. That that's why he said the blind follow the blind. You know different terms that Jesus used in the Gospels because of what church tradition church tradition. We got a lot of people in the Catholic Church, a denominational church, and uh, you know, Masons are in all denominations. Masons just a group that they belong to. You know, and they have their own secret lounges and things they meet up at. Uh, but they are in many churches, white and black Masons. Then you have the Jehovah Witness, then you got the Mormons. I'm not finna knock put them down. I'm just using a certain groups that I believe are somewhat like a sect or even a cult because they have their own belief outside of the gospel or the so-called gospel. See? The body of Christ is one church, one organism. The body of Christ is not built up of denominations or different religions or beliefs. You have to be a one in court, one accord. You have to believe the same gospel to be in the body of Christ, which is only one gospel for today. See, you have the body of Christ. Listen closely to what I'm saying. You have the body of Christ, the church, the real church, like the, uh, the series I'm doing, the real church. You want to know what the real church is? The real church is the body of Christ. Any church that calls himself a church outside of the body of Christ is not the church. 
I'm trying to make myself clear. You understand what I'm saying? Now, you might be saying, okay, how do you come to part of the body of Christ, Joe, through the teachings of the Apostle Paul? Sound doctrine. What is the gospel, Joe, the gospel of salvation for today? I'm glad you asked. First Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. I, I advise you to read that yourself. More strength comes when you read it yourself. So you won't think I'm just saying it. Read it yourself. First Corinthians 1 to 4 is the way to be saved today. Believing in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Once you believe that and receive it, you will be saved. <laughs> Excuse me. Once you believe that, then you become part of the body of Christ. You now reconcile back to God. You are now justified. Now you now have been redeemed. Anything before that, you're none of that, only forgiven. You're only forgiven, which will not get you to heaven. Being forgiven is will not get you to heaven. It's when you believe and you receive it generally, sincerely from your heart then you are saved, then you have been reconciled back to God. You have been redeemed. You have been justified. You understand what I'm saying? Then you are part of the body of Christ and you are set for the heavenly places. Oh, yeah. Oh, my sinus. Sinus trying to act up. Yeah, you are part of the body of Christ. That's the real church. Not the kingdom church. Not the church in the wilderness. Not following the law. The church, the real church today is the church, the body of Christ. Every other church is just four wall buildings that they call the church. Church just means assembly. Ecclesia, assembly. So you have churches that's in an assembly that's in a church building or a church house or whatever. But the body of Christ is the church. And the body of Christ church also are in buildings and group sessions. But they are part of the body of Christ. That's the difference. That's the difference. You see? The real, true church today, you can only be saved and be part of the real church today is through the gospel of 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4, the teachings of the Apostle Paul, Romans through Philemon. You cannot get saved no other way. Even if you might think you saved today, when you hear this, you don't have no excuse now. I can understand the ones that have never heard this before and they think they saved. But believe me, when you search, God will find a way for you to hear the true gospel. He will. He knows the ones that's really searching. You will be found. You, you, well, you're not lost, but God sees you. But you keep on seeking truth like I had to do. You will find the true gospel. You will find sound doctrine where you belong. But you got to really be seeking and how well, how that you have to uncondition yourself and untraditional belief yourself, which is tough at times. Even to the point sometimes you have to leave your denominational church. The Holy Spirit is moving and kinda he don't push. 
He's gentle. And he's talking and warning a lot of believers and denominations that what they're hearing is not sound doctrine. But most of them are not listening. They know something is wrong, but they, they ignore their own conscience, just like the world do. They ignore their own conscience. You have uh, uh, grace believers that know the gospel of today from the Apostle Paul. They know how to rightly divide, and but they are still in the denominational church. Even uh, the great, uh, not great, but Les Felden, he still was a member of a Baptist church. And he's an outstanding teacher on rightly dividing dispensationally, but he was still a member of the Baptist church. I don't know why. I don't know why, but he was still a member of the Baptist church. Now, there's nothing wrong, whatever like that, because he teaches, he has a, a, a few, uh, I believe, altercations with members and stuff like that, but he's just a faithful guy. I guess he just uh, do that because he just want to stay faithful to his denomination, which he probably been been with a long, long time, which is nothing wrong with that, but because he's not teaching what they teach, or they're probably teaching what he teaches now, but they still call himself a Baptist church. You can be teaching Paul's teaching, but you still have that uh, that label of Baptist on your church. But I'm looking like this. If you're teaching the right sound doctrine, ain't nothing wrong with that. But you're still caught up in the Baptist upbringing. It's hard to get out of upbringing. That's in any type of denomination, whether it's Baptist, uh, Pentecostal, whatever. It's not easy. It's not easy. So don't think I'm saying that it is. You can know there's a lot of error in your church. I've been to uh, a church in Mobile, Alabama called Life Church. And when I, and they had a lot of different classes for different type of teachers like a lot of big churches have. And one of the, uh, I forgot, I, I just remember his first name, Don. Don, that was his first name, black guy. Good teacher. His name was Don. Faithful to Life Church. And he had one of the teaching classes at Life Church. I think, now I don't know if it was just only him, but the more I went to, I went to Don's class because he wasn't really teaching a traditional life church that pastor. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. Braswell was teaching at that time. You know, so... This before this before I, uh, I knew about rightly dividing and stuff like that, you know. So I went to uh, Don's class because at that that particular time I was searching for a true, what is a Christian or what is the true, what is God really saying to me? I was still in that searching 
uh, mold dad. So I was still searching. I was trying to get out of tradition at that time. I was tired of traditional. I was tired of tradition. That's why I went to a non-denominational church. That's why I left the Church of God in Christ. That's why I didn't never joined another. I didn't join Baptist and no other church. I was looking for a non-denominational church because I thought those was the churches that can teach me because they don't. They're not part of a denomination. But in the long run, even today, they are a denomination in themselves. They just call a non-denomination. Yeah. That mean what? Okay, what do I mean by that? Because most most non-denominational churches got different type of denominations that go to their church, but it's more like an independent, independent as you come as you are, whatever denomination you came from, and, and a lot of time you bring in your traditional beliefs in a non-denominational church whatever denomination or church you came from. You see what I'm saying? Whether it's Baptist, Church of God, Christ, Lutheran, whatever, you bring it in this independent church. You know, so people come and people go. Whether it's a fire, uh, a fire, a brownstone type of preacher or a laid back preacher, you know. So when I uh, went to Don's church, Don was teaching things that he didn't even agree with his pastor was saying. And I kind of admire that because I've never seen that before. Somebody that don't agree with what their pastor's saying in their pastor's church. And I said, man, do Pastor Braswell know uh, Don disagree with what he's teaching? And if he do and he accepts that, then I admire both of them. But I don't know that. But I know Don was teaching some things that I thought was true, that I find that was false now. But at that time, it sounded good. See the danger of sounding good? See, he was uh, really getting into uh, when you die, you'll sleep in Christ. You ever heard that? So Dom believed, and he almost had me believe in that, that you are just in a stage of nothingness until the catching away of the church or whatever. You sleep. And it sounded good to me because I'm saying to myself, yeah, it's, it's always a great area with that, but he almost had me fooled. Thank God that God kept using me to keep searching, you know, whatever like that, because he was, Braswell don't teach that. Braswell was teaching somewhat that, you know, the moment you die, you instantly in heaven or in hell, which is the true doctrine. You know, you instantly, you don't go to no sleep hold or sleeping in Christ. So, Don's interpretation was sleeping was you just in a in a moment of nowhere and no conscience and nothing like that. Even though it sounded good, but it sounded scary. How in the world you could be somewhere with no conscience? You don't know. You just are nothing until the catching away of the church. That was his stand, and he was strong on that. He was strong on that. I listened to it. He almost had me uh, hoodwink. Now I'm not saying he done this on purpose, but I always had a little something ain't right with that. Soul sleep. That's what it sounds like. Something like soul sleep. You sleep until they're catching away of the church. He believed in the rapture of the church and the catching away and all that stuff. But he just believed when a person died, a Christian died, he's like soul sleeping. I don't know if he meant uh, for the unbelief reason, but it was mostly like a soul sleep. You just out there. That, then he kept, kept putting emphasis. That's what sleeping in Christ means. When you die, you asleep, literally, until the rapture. In other words, you're not instantly spiritually in the heavenly places like the Bible teaches. It was just more you sleep in Christ. And what do you think Don got that from? 
Now, he could have read it himself. I don't know. So I don't want to use him as a straw man. He could have read it himself and just believed it, or he was just taught that. See, because the majority of the time we heard it from somebody or some teacher we listened to. And then we bring it home to our Bible teachers and studies. I, I, I uh, taught cell groups. I started a home group when I lived in Mobile, Alabama, out of my house. I started a home group. And I've done a lot of teachings through the Bible and stuff like that. And I believe what I was teaching. Now, and I'm not saying this to be bragging. God know I'm lying if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm saying this. But at that time, what I was teaching, I thought I was getting from the word of God. I did not even know unconsciously that my traditional type of teaching and all the mixtures of the denominations and the teachers and even what I heard from TBN and all that stuff was in my head, you know, and I was trying to get a lot of junk out of my head. So therefore, I thought I found the truth. So I kind of got myself away from all of that stuff. And I thought I was teaching the truth. I thought I was lining up the Bible in the, uh, uh, the correct way. Some of it probably was. Only thing that was happening when I was teaching the Bible, my issue was, which I, if I would have knew then, that I was never rightly divided. I thought everything, the kingdom and the body of Christ was together. That was my issue of not knowing how to rightly divide it. I didn't know it was two programs. I didn't know there was uh, uh, two gospels. See? So I had Matthew, Romans, and a lot of Gospels. I was getting closer, and I have no doubt. But my downfall was I didn't know how to rightly divide the Word of God then. And I was teaching a lot of people. I got compliments and stuff like that, which I never liked it that. I'm very uncomfortable when people try to give me compliments. I remember this woman prophesied to me and told the Lord is using me. I remember the Lord told me to give me the scripture with much is given, much is, you know, much is uh, implied, required and stuff like that. And I believed it. That's when I was in the faith movement. I believed in all that prophecy and stuff like that. And I accepted it. You know, to the point it kind of lifts you up. You kind of look at yourself like you kind of this and that. I got a little bit of that and everything because people was prophesying. They like the way I talk. They like the way I teach and everything. I, I always use common sense, real talk type of teaching. Even back then, even though I was teaching the wrong thing, I always used a common sense approach. I always tried to be honest. I, I often tried to stay out of the flesh. That's just the way I was. I just didn't like to be phony. You know, but at the same time, I use a lot of traditional things. I use a lot of traditional movements. I use a lot of traditional shouting and dancing because that's how strong tradition is. It's hard to get out of. It's even hard now. I can sit up there and things like that. And all of a sudden, I might sit up there and say, yeah, and the Lord, and then all this, uh, da, da, da. You come out. What in the world? That's a traditional condition that's caught up in you. I know tongues was a language, <laughs> but. When you grew up in the church of God in Christ and you're talking and you still want to say that crazy, stupid talk, <laughs> it still sneaks up on you. Still sneak when you get, especially when you get excited, the flesh comes in, that traditional 
tradition condition comes in and you find yourself sounding like the old Pentecostal type of speaker when you ain't got to do all that. Now, it's nothing wrong with that. You, you can praise God or whatever like that. But a lot of times when you're, you're trying to get out of that and everything, because the reason you was doing it then, because you thought that was what God required. You thought it was the Holy Spirit when it was just the flesh. You see what I'm saying? So even certain things I find myself saying and whatever like that, you know, and agreeing with, it's not because I know it's not, but it's that traditional conditioned uh, upbringing that I was brought up when, not only in the Church of God and Christ, but the charismatic movement and faith movement and stuff like that as well. So it's almost like a, uh, a, 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 a spirit hovering around you, not possessing, because I don't believe a believer could be possessed, but that that oppressing type of denominational uh, condition that I used to be in still try to sneak its way back in sometimes. You understand what I'm saying? I'm just being real. The power of traditions and condition that can condition you. Body of Christ, real talk. This is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, real talk. I hope you all are getting something out of this. Out of the whole series, the last few several podcasts, shows that I have done, I hope you all are getting something out of it. The ones that I put it out there on. What I'm going to do, and I and I I got to get myself to do it, I'm going to find, I'm going to market my show. Not for a big audience. I'm not into all that. I'm not into all that. I want to market, I'm going to try to target a certain audience. I don't know how I'm going to do that yet, but I'm going to lose Fiverr and and be specific how to get my show out there for one reason, so people can be saved, so people can hear common sense uh, gospel and common sense of what's going around the world. And I think that's important. I think my show needs to get more out there for that reason. I am prepared for the negative feedbacks and everything. I'm not worried about that. I got to get my show out there. I got to test the show and see who's really listening and who's really going to send in comments, you know, or whatever. But I need to get my show out there so more people going to hear it for what reason, not me. If that was if I was more focused on me, I try to edit my whole podcast because I know it's not the best editing. But I'm not worried about that. What you get, what you hear is going to what you get. I'm just, I just want you to listen to the message of what I'm saying. And I think it's people out there want to hear common sense, real talk. Not only from the church, but from the worldview and the biblical perspective. So I'm going to market my podcast out there as well as my Connecting the Dots Bible teaching podcast. But those, those, that podcast, I want to market towards the church or the people that think that's part of the church. I want to hit Christians, the ones that's already saved with my Bible teaching program. So it's, you see the difference? The podcast that I do now, Body of Christ, I want the world to know about that. The Los Anna. The uh, the say the connecting the dots. I'm I'm gonna I want the I want that aim more towards the body of Christ, the ones that are saved, that want to grow and learn the knowledge of the truth. So I'm gonna start doing that, Lord's willing. Okay. All right. It's not really much more I can say about traditions. 
you should have an idea. When, when the last few podcasts, I've been talking about traditions. The dangers of traditions, good and bad. Some traditions are good. Some traditions are bad. Some traditions, it's not good or bad, but it just needs to be revised or tweaked. Or just, you know, revised or tweaked. See, for the culture and the different things like that. It's just when I get into the term tradition. Now, I'm not saying I know all, everything about, you know, traditions and stuff like that. This is my breakdown of traditions since I've been alive, since I've been in the world. You see, this is what I have seen and what I have been learning. And some of it is just a lot of common sense. Some of it, a lot of it is God's discernment that he gave me to see things that a lot of people don't see. See, so I dig deeply into things. I just, I just sometimes, and sometimes that makes me too over analytical, which is not a good thing, you know. So it takes work. It takes patience and everything. That's why when I'm explaining stuff, I explain it the way I want everybody to see what I see. You don't have to agree. But you see what I see. But when it comes to the Bible, I try to be very specific. I'm not going to sugarcoat for nobody. Let me be wrong on my own for now on, not because somebody told me something about this. Let me be wrong on my own. I don't have nothing against uh, nobody teaching me because I have several teachers. Man, I have several teachers, man. So I haven't got away from nobody teaching me. No, I'm, don't, don't get me wrong. I have teachers. I have mentors, most definitely. I need those mentors. They help me to grow. I don't need them to the point I need them to hold my hand, though. See, Paul talked about that that you need your teachers and pastors and stuff like that. But you notice it said, until, the King James says, till. See, those ministers was used until you and I grow stronger in the faith. And then we need to go out there and teach others. We wasn't built to stay up under nobody for the rest of our lives. God, the Holy Spirit wants you to get out there and he wants you to take what you have learned and then learn more and continue to teach others. See, you become a teacher. Did you know that? You don't supposed to stay. Uh, let me let me make this clear. It's always good to be a student. But you're not here to stay a student. You have been trained now to be a teacher. That means you need to walk, get up from under that belt of denominationalism and start being a teacher now when you learn how to rightly divide. Or that's what any program, you know, you go back for advice. You go back with prayer and uplifting. But you don't stay under nobody that they can babysit you. That's why Paul said, you know, you need to be drinking meat now. Stop drinking that warm milk. He wants us to grow for a reason so we can be ambassadors, faithful ambassadors like some of the believers in Colossians, Ephesians and all that, ambassadors to go out there and reconcile to the world and tell people the good news what Jesus has done for them and God has reconciled himself to the world, now you have a chance to get reconciled back to God that's the gospel for today, we are ambassadors we are not the great commission like the kingdom program where Peter and the twelve have to do, our commission is the ministry of reconciliation 
the fellowship of the mystery, the ministry of reconciliation. We are ambassadors. Peter and them was not ambassadors. They were priests. See, their titles were priesthood to go out to the world. The body of Christ, we are ambassadors. You should know the definition of ambassador. They just speak up for different nations. We are a national ambassador. We go out there and tell them, we go out there and minister and teach and preach the ministry of reconciliation, how they can be get back with God. Now, since he has reconciled his church back to the world with the gospel of 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. You, you understand that now. Keep that in your head. We are ambassadors. We are not priests like Israel in the kingdom program. We are not the peculiar people. We are the new creature. We are not the born again like Israel. We are the new creature. We are not priests. We are ambassadors. The body of Christ ambassadors. The kingdom program is priests, predominantly Jews or was Jews. Until next time, I'll be back with some more teaching on what is a real Christian. Then I'll be talking about off and on other things that's going on around the world. But I'm still going to try to hit home what is a real Christian. There's not too much more I can tell you. But as the Spirit leads me, as the Spirit teaches my spirit, then I have what I've learned, I will tell you the best way I can. God bless you all. Peace out. Love you all. Love you, love you, love you. Thanks for listening to Body of Christ. Real talk. Left out, baby. <laughs> Bye-bye. Hey, peace out. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday.